This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Yes! Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all oh, things yeah. metal. Well, we post most weeks anyway. We had a couple of weeks off, and now we are into 2016. <laughs> I know. It's exciting. I'm, I'm so glad to have 2015 behind us. We had so many good things, but... You know, right there at the end, it's some bad stuff. So, blah. All right, we'll talk about that here in a minute. First, we needed to get to our sponsors. Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you this week by Fort Rock. What? The Monster Energy Fort Rock Festival is happening uh, two days this year because it was a sellout for uh, several years in a row. I think three years in a row. Now it's going to two days with uh, Rob Zombie, Five Finger Death Punch, Shine Down, Data Remember, Bring Me the Rising, Megadeth, Three Doors Down, Lamb of God, and many, many more. Tickets, you can get them fortrockfestival.com. Also, uh, we are sponsored this week by Creative Live, creativelive.com slash audio. If you have never checked out Creative Live, I suggest you do so. You want to learn how to record music? Well, check out our friends over there at Creative Live. Maybe like uh, E.L. Levy, who's got a boot camp that's going to be coming up in March. They've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists like Converge, Periphery, Dillinger, at creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and get free previews. And uh, get signed up for maybe this big-ass boot camp or some other cool stuff that's going to be coming up very soon at creativelive.com. You, you go to that website and you just do a search for Isle Levy, right? And it's like, he's got nine freaking awesome courses. I mean, it's like two days worth of content just teaching you how to write a damn song. It's really, really <laughs> right, pretty know, cool. It is pretty nuts, man. We're going to have him back on for another one minute to midnight. We've had a lot of people asking us on Twitter about when we're going to have him back, and uh, we've just been coordinating schedules and all that stuff, and I think now we're set and uh, just about ready to go to get uh, to humiliate a few more bands. Okay, to know, to help a nah, few more bands. On, we've found some good ones, man. Actually, we have found some great ones that were in there, so that's actually pretty cool. Make sure that you are following us on iTunes and all that stuff. I gotta, you know, get back into the swing after a couple of weeks off. All that, all the stuff. iTunes. If you have not subscribed to us on iTunes, do so. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play. If you want to find us, we are in yeah. all those places. Just search Metal Sucks Podcast, and you can dig us up. That way, you don't have to worry about uh, going to hunt this podcast down. It'll come right to you. But if you like hunting, MetalSucks.net every Monday. That's when we like to post this thing. This week, we have one hell of a guest. In, uh, oh man! Somebody we've been yeah. trying to pin down for a while, and uh, he, he like uh, has been talking to all kinds of uh, huge media, and now he's come down to the bottom of the barrel and decided to talk to us. <laughs> Randy Blythe is going to be on the show this week. Bly, Bly, Bly. I'm saying Blythe. I don't care. Whatever you say. <laughs> and, all right, I'll say it wrong a bunch of times. Randy Bly <laughs> is going to be our guest this week, so we're very excited about that. So that's coming up. We're also going to talk about Let Me Kill Highly Mister. Highly recommend his book. Oh, yes. uh, have you finished it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I finished it. Now I, I got I want to pick up the uh, uh, Behemoth book, oh, you know, and get yeah. that, that all. Uh, yeah, That's on my wish list on my uh, – I, I got a birthday coming up, so, you know, be, be thinking about that for my birthday. Sweet. You know, like, um, no, the, uh, we're going to talk about Let Me Kill Mister. We cannot ignore the fact that rock and roll has died at the age of 70 this uh, in 2015, and we got to talk about Lemmy. Didn't know that it, we wanted to pull a special episode or anything about that because we talked so much about it when he was sick earlier uh, last year, and but we can't ignore it either because, you know, Lemmy. It's Lemmy, goddammit. So, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, and it's also really weird when you find out stuff like that on Twitter, you know? Like, <laughs> he, Is that how you learned? That's how I found out about it was Twitter. I can't, I can't remember how I found it. Before it started, oh. uh, before everybody else got a hold of it and started uh, going to town on it, yeah, I, I had it on Twitter and retweeted it and put it out there. It's like, I can't, I couldn't believe it. It's crazy. Did you watch the video of the uh, uh, Lemmy's mole singing Ace of Spades? <laughs> I did. I, yes, I have watched that. <laughs> uh, you know, you never know what's going to float your boat this time. Try, you got to try to make you smile a little bit, right? 
something. But <laughs> well, somebody pointed out on Twitter that uh, I predicted Lemmy would uh, pass away in 2015, and I, I don't think that, that that was a. I don't think that was a stretch of a prediction. I would assume that was me. Uh, that seems like my style. That's certainly something I had in my mind around uh, last year about this time. Uh, disappointed that we never got a chance to interview him. You, you know, the, the thing with the guy like Lemmy is he, he's lived so hard for so long and has made it such a part of his brand that I'm just thankful he didn't like slip on a banana or right. you know something like that like do something and you know die in a very very uncool way I mean you look at like Dave Brocky Dave Brocky kind of died in an uncool way and yeah. it's like nobody wants to talk about it or anything but it, it that really kind of blew so it was nice that when Lemmy passed it was sort of like yeah he died of everything that <laughs> the, the dude had everything you know they shouldn't have yeah. said he died of cancer they should have said, he died of everything let's be honest here <laughs> there was nothing going right inside that body <laughs> yeah when the doctors say you have two to six months to live and he says fuck you i'm out you know it's, yeah. it's like no i'm going on my own terms it's like uh, god damn dude well okay we're going to talk about that later in the show because uh we, we ha- we're going to relate it to another another thing that's going on because of what uh, the announcement dealing with motorhead is as well so that's coming up we we want uh, godless to make predictions for 2016 are we gonna no we're not gonna do that in this episode uh, <laughs> no I, I can't think of anything no, nothing no nothing i mean everybody i thought was gonna die is pretty much dead now <laughs> so, so who's next on the bill is it gonna be like ozzy is that who's uh, who's up next oh no i don't i don't see that happening this year that that's gonna take a little while it might take a little bit it, it actually might it was nice that they gave him a big birthday party you know that was one of the things that i had said before that i really hope that you know that instead of waiting until after he'd passed that everybody then would scramble to try to put together some sort of tribute they didn't do that they put together a really nice uh birthday concert for him uh yeah you know, all the yeah just a couple rock weeks and roll before he passed yeah yeah yeah, that's kind of cool. I was glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, it was his 70th birthday. Like, he turned 70 on December 24th. So that was just a couple days before he passed away. So, I mean, yeah, it just kind of worked out that he made it seven decades, you know? It's like, that's that, that's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. No, I'm sad. Yeah. It makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, but you're not anywhere near as sad as you were when he came to uh, no. Austin and played that show and he only lasted a couple songs. That's true. Um, I, I mean, basically because I think it's, it's we kind of all saw it coming and that was like the point where I, I really, it sunk in, you know, where, where it stopped me and made me pause and go, okay, this is going to happen and it's going to happen soon. And, you know, the fact that he was able to tour Europe again and, you know, just end that tour a couple weeks ago, you know, before he passed away, that was kind of impressive that he still got up there and kicked ass a little bit more before he was done. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's that's pretty cool. That's Lemmy right there. Who gets his stuff? Does Lars get his stuff? Hmm. Good question. Or should that go to like the Hall of Fame? I mean, a, a bunch of it, but I, you know, a lot of it's like Nazi paraphernalia, and the Hall of Fame wants nothing to do with that. You know. But he, well, I mean, you know, he has a, he had a lot to say about that. But I, I don't know. I mean, what, what happened to that stuff from Hanneman? You know, we know what happened to his guitars now. But you know, the the rest. Right. Do you the, think the dude from Broken Hope's going to buy up Lemmy's apartment? <laughs> uh, well, in Lemmy's apartment, I think from what they said is really only a one bedroom flat. So you know, I, I don't know that there's that much stuff in there. I don't Is know. that right? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't know. But he's always seemed like a guy who doesn't doesn't have a lot to because he doesn't give a shit. You know, it's like right, he, yeah. he, he does his thing. He's got everything that he has is made out of denim or leather. But overall, you wouldn't think that he's got like a bunch of shit and sitting around and he's not living in a mansion or anything. So when you watch the Lemmy documentary and they went to his <clears throat> went to his apartment, it was nothing, nothing to write home about. You know, it was it was pretty yeah. modest. I would think that like the manager probably said, look, we do have to sit down and write down some sort of will. So I would hope that Lemmy like cared about some sort of nonprofit or something and everything's going to, you know, doctors about borders or something. I mean, he can do anything he wants. It would be kind of cool if he did something that was like completely and utterly out of character, you know? Well, I mean, but what is the Lemmy character, right? I mean, there, there's I, I think anything well, the, can fit into that, can the, fold into that, you know? The Lemmy character would be that, like, you know, everything in the bottle over there <laughs> goes to Lars. 
And the rest of it is to be set on fire in the middle of Sunset Boulevard on a Thursday. You know, that's he that's what he would probably have done, but it would be kind of, you know, in, in character, I guess. But yeah. out of character, it'd be nice <laughs> if he made a plan, I guess, you know. Well, I'm sure there is, man. I mean, we're probably not privy to any of that stuff, you know. What's a, what's actually going to happen there? Whoever's closest to him or anything like that. So, I mean, there's got to the be something. definitely he worked until he dropped. I mean, until yeah. he dropped. And that is cool to see. I mean, I'm glad he didn't do it. He didn't drop on stage. But, uh, you know, it, the the dude, you know, lived it. He just totally lived it. Yeah. I and mean, he cut back a while towards the end. But other than that, he lived it. And nobody else can really say that they've done it like that to the end. I mean, as far as all the way to the end like like lived it out to 70 years old you know when you're t- talking about even ozzy or whatever like i think uh, that that dude is kind of taking his other path whether it's the tv star path and everything else that he's done you know it's not just been a straight rock and roll icon god like lemmy is i mean that's a whole different level compared to anybody else that's out there really because no nobody could touch him and we talked you know we talked about that when he was sick it's like it's just he's He's he is what he is. He's an enigma. There's not there's nothing else like this dude, and, and there never will be. That's probably a good idea. What that there never will be another one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hmm. really. I mean, not because of like, just because the dude made it only to seventy. He looked like he was seventy since like uh, <laughs> since uh, was the like decline 40. of Western yeah. Civilization <laughs> yeah. Part Two. You know, <laughs> I think he was like thirty five at that point. Yeah. So. You know, part of that whole, like, he's never going to die, I think, was more a comment about the fact that he looked like he 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 could die at any moment, you know? <laughs> but he didn't. Uh, he he should have gone, like, 20 more years. He, he ended up having a relatively short life, and that's kind of sad. When you put it in perspective, 70 years when people are living to 110, that's, a, that's fairly yeah. short. But at the same time, if you drink and you smoke every day and you live that rock and roll lifestyle, 70 is a pretty goddamn long time you know i mean there there are not many who make it there that live that kind of lifestyle and are able to do that and and i'm not talking about like oh, i play rock and roll on the weekends i'm talking about people that are touring three tours a year you know 250 days out of the year they're on the road and doing it you know that's there's not many people who can pull that shit off for 40 years and come out of it and just go up done you know then you know that's a long ass time not many people can do it that's why made so during the, that la- uh, uh, i was go gonna say that's why like iron maiden you know they don't tour just they don't tour like that you know they're yeah. they're they're relentless they're amazing but it's like how many gigs do they do versus how many gigs did motorhead do in 2015 you know it's yeah. it's just apples and oranges yeah but bruce dickinson's got a nice house to go back to lemmy's got that apartment to go back to i'd spend all my time on the road too but bruce dickinson I mean, bruce dickinson also like takes care of himself exercises flies a fucking plane you know like is is got is always done that as part of his routine you know he's gonna live to be 900 years old because he can now he because yeah. he hasn't lived like lemmy has so but at the same time a lot of people would argue that he hasn't lived uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. All right. So when they played Austin, here's the question. When they played Austin, did they promise that they were going to come back? Yes. So don't you think that like the rest of the guys should just, you know, come back? No, well, they did make a promise. Come back and like what? Hang out? Well, or do some sort of tour. Yeah. No, I think I think actually the the resolution with uh, with Mickey D saying that this is it. That's it. Motorhead died with Lemmy. I think is is perfect. I think that's exactly right. I think Motorhead was Lemmy, and Lemmy was Motorhead, and there is no way around that. So but that's I, what everybody says right after somebody dies. Yeah, but the, dude, I mean, I don't think that. I mean, I sort they said, of. They I, said that about Chuck Skulldiner, you know. I said oh, that. No. I mean, how, how could it be? You know, any well, other but way, death but did, it turned out. No, uh, death pretty much died without him. No, no. Now it's just as awesome as it was. But they're playing the shit that he wrote before. So I mean, it's a it's Good. a it's a tribute band. But I mean, they, yeah. they could do a Motorhead with, tribute or whatever. But dude, motor, motor, I don't see the new Motorhead album popping up on anybody's best of list this year. I mean, nobody was really interested in what Lemmy was going to write. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about even new stuff. What I'm talking about is I just don't think. I just don't think people want to even 
I don't, I don't think so. I just don't think it's a, I don't think it's possible because it's it's all about that dude. I know I said the same thing about Guar and that actually turned out it turned out completely different, but you know, uh-huh. I think that I think that's a different animal compared to to compared to Lemmy. I mean, Lemmy is a different thing. Uh, you know, he is not just a man. He is he's above that, you know, as far as the way people look at him and how they and how they hold him on a pedestal. I just I think Mickey D's right. Motorhead is dead and they're done. Uh, and that's the I think that's the right thing to do. And I and Phil Campbell but, said the same thing pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, look, they did that with Dio, and they're torn without Dio, aren't they? Isn't there like a, some sort of like tribute? Dio oh yeah, band there's like a that? there's like a tribute Dio thing. Yeah, but I mean, you don't ever let them. But it's you, guys that he that used to work with him, and you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. That's yeah. How well, it goes you don't around. let them. Good. You never let the music die. You always want the music to kind of keep going. You want to you want to keep that exactly. alive, but. Yeah, and I and those dudes as musicians, you know, I don't think they're done. I don't think they're going to go on tour as Motorhead. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's uh, that's going to happen. But they might go on tour as them with another dude singing Lemmy songs. Well, I would say like it would be one of those things. It might be cool to go to do a tour as like Ace of Spades or something like that. You know, like a, and have it be a Lemmy tour, a Lemmy tribute concert or something like that. That's a you know, but dude, I mean, he's been dead for but what, what just a you, couple of weeks. Why you, are we even talking about that? <laughs> but whether you call it Motorhead or you call it Ace of Spades or you call it Orgasmatron or whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. It's still them playing Lemmy songs. And I'm yeah. saying they're going to do it. I don't care what the drummer says. I bet you, give it a little bit of time, the mortgages will come due, and they're going to be out on the road doing it. Godless's first prediction for 2016. There you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> it might it might take till 2017, but possibly. I, I would, okay. and I wouldn't blame okay. them for doing it. I think that there's enough people that a that were promised that would they would come back b that would still love to hear those songs performed Mm. live especially if you got the right person who can you know perform them on bass and and vocals and and i think that uh uh, i think it would make enough money for the people uh interested parties that uh you know why say no are you thinking mickey d's gonna go play drums for somebody else there's nobody else interested in him yeah no i I don't think he doesn't have a retirement plan (laughs) and the dude and and the dude's not like you know gonna like decide to moonlight as a physical fitness trainer you know or something like that. I mean, I don't know what he could possibly do, but uh, he's gonna play drums now. What is it that he could play drums to? The people want to hear him playing. They want to hear him playing drums to Lemmy songs. So mm-hmm. that's what he's gonna do. I can see that happening. Uh, all right, all right, all right. I, I concede. I concede. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> now we're gonna dovetail this into another subject. As far as on the back end of this, we're gonna talk about a couple of bands that have lost a few members here. Uh, Recently, well, actually, more than a few. But I got a great Christmas gift this year. It's something that I didn't expect my buddy to get me. But dude, this thing is so awesome. I didn't even think I needed it. Honestly, the complete studio collection from Pantera, 1990 to 2000. It's out now, and if you haven't checked it out, it's all of the classic Pantera albums available on one pl- on one thing, all on vinyl. Now I get the vinyl. I think it comes on CD too. You can get it both ways. But the five LP set comes as color vinyl with exclusive bonus seven inch that's in there uh it's got two non-album tracks the one uh what was it i think called piss and avoid the light uh and it's all making its vinyl debut dude the box includes of course cowboys from hell vulgar display uh far beyond driven uh everything uh, like all the stuff until 2000 and it is a great collection it's something that i think every pantera fan definitely needs to own pantera the complete studio collection 1990 to 2000 from rhino records available on amazon so i suggest you go and uh, check that sucker out now we need to get into our interview with randy blythe Blythe, god damn it <laughs> stop it <laughs> uh, with our interview with randy Blythe uh coming up here on the metal sucks podcast What's up, Randy? How you doing? It's Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well, man. Great to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Randy, thank you for your book. Thank you for your music. Thank you for the documentary. Thank you for <laughs> sharing. Thank you for being healthy. Thank you for forgiving Dublin. Oh, my God. You're like the, the skinny, screaming Buddha at this point. Like, everything's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, I would describe myself as a buddha at all you know i'm just kind of trudging along here trying to not fuck my life up anymore than i already have in the past 
<laughs> I don't know. If you're sitting there thinking your life is fucked, that's crazy, man, because uh, I think you've done pretty well. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying it's comparatively. Yeah. You know, from, you know, just, you know, being kind of trying to keep it mellow, I suppose. You know, not, not going too much is- in my head. Yeah. The product is awesome, but obviously the process has been (laughs) unique, to say the least. Yeah, it's not like I had this master plan. Oh, we're going to make this documentary, and I'm going to write a book, and then I'm going to go get my head kicked in in Ireland, and then I'm going to do this and that, and, and, you know, result in this sort of, I don't know, semi... uh, semi-calm state of being uh it's shit just happens that's the, i mean that's kind of the, the the best philosophy i think uh because it's inevitable shit happens and just deal with it <laughs> make the best of it but at the same time it almost like pulls you away from giving yourself the credit for the work that you've done though right i mean uh, you, don't, you don't want to discount that well i mean and I'm talking you know, about musically, but also like in your brain and everything else. I mean, the you know, conquering a lot of demons you got, man. I mean, that's that takes work. It does. It does take. It does take work. You know, uh, it really does. But I do not deserve a cookie just because I'm trying to behave like a normal human being. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? True. Okay. I I don't need rounds of applause because I don't drink 18 beers and 15 shots of Jaeger as soon as I wake up anymore. You know, that's normal human being stuff. Agreed, but normal is not like getting your head bashed in and going, ah, you know, we're even, it's cool, and then having somebody go, uh, you know, we're going to attack your venue, and you go, and normal would be going, well, screw you guys, we're going to do the tour like the other guys did, you know? But you're not normal, (laughs) but you're like normal, you've gone the other way or something. So just sit at your feet and soak your wisdom. (laughs) Uh, Well... I don't know how much wisdom I have to offer, dude. You know, I really don't. Sometimes I feel like I'm just, you know, I'm just doing it one day at a time, trying to figure out, take things as they come. You know, I think my problem with me is, you know, if I think too far in the future about anything and, and this could go wrong or this could happen, you know, I'm screwed. I have to deal with reality as it is right in the moment. And, you know, so far, every day I've woken up above the ground. That's better than, you know, being, that's, you, you have to take that at, at a base level, you know. Sometimes uh, despite you really your best do. efforts, you've been able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, try, I tried my best to put myself six feet under for many years, you know, and failed. So, yeah, man, it's, it's. I don't know. Life is okay. It's it's fucking brutal, though. The world is so fucked up. On a global level, things are, are screwed up. And then on a personal level, you know, people I know keep on dying. Uh, you know, we, we had a friend die recently, um, a friend of the band. We just found this out the other day. I don't know the exact cause, uh, but I'm fairly certain that I could guess that he was probably engaged in uh, pharmaceutical activities and it, it bums me out. You know, it really bums me out. And, and this just keeps on happening and happening and happening. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I mean, it definitely, I could, I could say, well, at least it's not me. And, and I am, I am grateful that it's not me, but it, it, it's, I don't know. It just, it bums me out. It bums me out that, that so many people I know keep on dying because they're fucking up on drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. I mean, it very easily could have been me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking or, you know, having a good time when you're young. But I guess as I get older, I'm in my 40s now, more and more people I know who are around my age are starting to drop off because they can't seem to to put the the party down and that's a real bummer you know no but i think you're really because i really dug the uh the you rock foundation videos that you had cut 
Uh, and I think you know you're doing your part to try to try to at least bring awareness to that kind of thing, right? Because you just don't want to see anybody else. Yeah, you don't want to see anybody else have to suffer through that, whether it's the depression yeah. part or the addiction part. Yeah, you know, and for me, those videos, you know, some friends of mine had done that, and uh, someone reached out and asked me to do that, and I'm like, yeah, sure. For me, depression was linked pretty tightly with uh with my substance abuse but i don't know if it i i can't say that substance abuse was the sole cause of it it certainly exacerbated it you know uh it certainly certainly exacerbated it and i don't know talking about those kind of kind of things i think it does help uh no matter the root of what your problems are whether it be some sort of clinical brain chemistry thing or whether it's you know, you, you drank yourself to that point or drugged yourself to that point. Um, but I mean, it's as a, as a musician, you know, kids all the time are like, your music helped me, your music helped me. And I, you know, I wrote a book and uh, I've gotten a lot of response from people who are like stuff you wrote in your book really helped me. And I mean that, you know, I don't want to seem like, I'm entirely altruistic. I've always wanted to write a book, but that was kind of one of the main points of the book. It's like, look, I hope somebody can take this, these aspects of my experience and internalize them and maybe, you know, it'll help them out. They'll be able to identify and maybe it'll present, prevent some people from making some of the mistakes I did. Um, they say, uh, a dummy learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from other people's mistakes. So, if I can, you know, talk about stuff and someone will be like, oh, I don't have to go down that particular path, maybe, or they identify enough to see that they are and they can kind of switch a little bit, then that's good, you know, um, because it's the world is so screwed up. It's it's hard not to just be like, ah, oh, fuck it. Everything is fucked, you know, um, yeah. It, it's really depressing. Like I, I check the news too much sometimes. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, you know, one, yeah. they're shooting people here, and you know, they're rioting here, and this this country is under a famine. I mean, it's crazy. And if you sit in that, for me, if I sit in that that global overarching negativity for too long, I become ineffective as a human being. The way I I, I am effective as a human being is if I try and at least help someone, even even if it's someone I don't know, by sort of speaking honestly about my experience and trying to say, "Hey, man, it's you know, it's not all that bad." In the end, you can you can get through difficult times. Well, and that kind of honesty and openness is is you know, it's refreshing. I mean, because you you get a few people that talk about this story here, this story there. But it's kind of in a incidental kind of context, not in a not not in the context of somebody's life. And I think you kind of put that in perspective with your Instagram and with everything else, and give it sort of some context. And that's what actually enables people to be able to pull that stuff together and get get a message out of that. Right. Well, for me, unless someone who's relating, if they if someone wants to relate a point to me. Generally, it's not effective unless they personalize it. You know, if they're trying to say something, like you're saying, if they can put it in the context of their life in order to illustrate the point that they're trying to make, I'm going to grasp it a lot better. You know, I might even identify with pieces of it. Uh, if they, you know, it's like it's like saying, uh, you know, you want you want to illustrate how to how to build a campfire. Right, you can sit there and tell me, well, you need fuel and you need oxygen and you need a spark, and you can give me the scientific sort of analysis of fire and tell me how to do all these things, or you can come with me and say, hey, let's go pick up some sticks and go to my backyard and hear some paper and stick a match to it, you know, and it kind of illustrates how it works in a in a uh, I don't know in a real life situation, you know, um, and that's really all I have to relate to people is my personal experience. I can't tell people anything that I haven't really experienced. I can't give advice on anything I haven't experienced. And I don't know. I mean, that's also part of, uh, to me, at least part of being an artist is 
relating your experience through whatever medium you know you choose to work in. I don't know. Am I making any sense? <laughs> no, totally. Ton of sense. Yeah, Randy. What, like when my mom passed away from her alcoholism a little over a year ago. Part of what frustrated me about the last few years with her life is that I didn't know how to talk to her because I'm not an alcoholic. And yes. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know what I mean? Well, look, here, you know, that's, yes, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Um, like my mom, a while back, she, a friend of hers at work, uh, had, you know, her, her husband was drinking way too much. And so she calls me and tells me about this and, you know, and I'm like, well, do you want me to, I'll go stop by and talk to the guy, you know? And she's like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. I was just wondering if you could give me any advice on what to say to the guy, maybe tell his, tell his wife, you know, what to say. And I'm like, you can't say anything, mm. you know, because they aren't going to listen to you. They aren't going to listen to you because you don't understand alcoholism is baffling, dude. You know, it's crazy. People still don't understand the exact nature of it. People are wondering if it's, you know, nature version versus nurture, genetic component or environmental or both or whatever. Nobody, you know, the scientists don't have a firm grasp on it. But if you can sit down with another person and if an alcoholic can sit down with another alcoholic and say, look, I understand how you're feeling and then relate some personal experience, then the other person is going to believe them. You know, they're going to be like, oh, shit, this person knows what they're talking about. You can, you, it's hard to explain. I, I can understand these people because I have felt these crazy feelings myself. You know, someone who doesn't understand that, they're not going to really be able to, to talk to that person. Um, it's, it's, and it's baffling uh, in that way. So if I wanted advice really on like how to fix my car, I'm not going to go to a dentist. <laughs> I'm going to go to a mechanic. You know what I mean? And if I wanted advice on how to quit drinking, I wouldn't go to someone who doesn't have a drinking problem. I would go to someone who had a drinking problem and managed to get sober. I'd be like, how did you do this? You know, yeah. it's, um, it's super, super heartbreaking for people in the family and friends of alcoholics. You know, I put my family and my wife and my friends through hell because they're like, why can't he just stop drinking? You know, and they don't understand it. You know, they don't understand it to this day. It you sounds know? so easy, wife, doesn't it? It sounds like it's so simple. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so simple. Just stop drinking, you know, but it's not. It's really not. Like, when you're in it, it's it's crazy. It's so, That's the only way I know how to de describe it is you're crazy, you know, because I was crazy as shit, you know, <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. I remember one time we were on tour. And I woke up really hungover, and I was like, oh, my God, i got to stop drinking. And I, I walked to the fridge to get a bottle of water, and I opened the fridge on the tour bus. And I saw it was so strange. It was like an out-of-body experience. I saw a bottle of Heineken in the fridge, and I saw my hand reach out and grab it. And I was hungover, and my brain was saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But it was like I was outside my body watching myself. And I saw my hand grab the beer, open the top, and take a sip. And then it was like, once you start drinking, it's like, fuck it, you know? But the whole time I was doing this, my brain was telling me, do not do this. This is a bad idea, you know? The only way I know to describe that sort of behavior is just fucking insanity, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I know. Trust me, I know. Like, because that's what you're saying. It's like, I, I, I have a problem as well, or have had a problem in the past, and... And I understand. Like, I get exactly where you're coming from. I have been there myself. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Randy, your new album had proved that, that sting quote about uh, he does his best work when he's in pain and turmoil. That is maybe true for Sting, but it is not true for you. <laughs> I mean, the new album is, is, is fantastic. It's the best work of your career. And, and the book is such a gift to all of us who tried our best from the outside to figure out what was going on with you. Will you write another one now that, you know, the next time you got time between tours? Yeah, I'm already working on my next book. Awesome. 
So awesome. I'm working on working on two books right now. Right now I'm editing a photo book, and that will be there will be an about announcement about that sometime in 2016. You know, uh, and I'm working on a novel right now. So mm. getting all that in shape, you know, it's, it's hard to write when I'm touring so much though. It, it, being on a tour yeah. bus and traveling around and that kind of stuff, it's not really conducive to the, the super isolated nerdy environment. I need to write seriously, <laughs> you know, some, I always had this dream that I was going to write in cafes, right? Like, like Hemingway <laughs> did in Paris in the twenties. And I've tried to do that. I've tried to write at the coffee shop. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, you're doing the Chevy Chase thing where you go up to a house in Vermont, you know, and everything goes crazy. Yeah. But you could show South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I got I got to be isolated. You know, I I can't have too much outside going on if I'm trying to concentrate on on writing serious prose. But yeah, man, you know that's that, that's definitely in the mix. You know, I. Awesome. I think I'm a better writer than I am a musician, and I'm not going to be in Lamb of God when you know I'm 70 years old. But hopefully, I'll still be writing books. Well, you say that, but you know, nobody thought the Rolling Stones <laughs> would be touring for 60 years either. But you know, I will bet you every penny in my bank account <laughs> that you will not see a 60 year old Randy hopping around. Screaming, walk with me in hell. Fuck that. that that's just not, you know, that's not going to happen. I can't wait to play. You I know? can't wait to play this back in 15 years and see it. Save the clip. <laughs> yeah, save it. Save it. But it's not, it's not going to happen. God, that would be atrocious. No one needs to witness that. Can you imagine me at 60? I'm skinny enough as it is. By then, I'll have a little gut. I'll look like a toothpick that swallowed a bowling ball. Probably bald, you know. <laughs> it'd be atrocious. Yeah, it works for D. Snyder. Mm. Yeah, he's a he's. He's got more. Those guys do what I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my throat will probably fall out if I do that by then. You know. Mm. <laughs> All right, Randy. Dude. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. I mean, we can talk to you for a couple hours, man. We appreciate you taking the time today, bro. Seriously. All right, man. So much respect no problem, for you, man. man. Well, thank you so much. You guys uh, have a good day.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. I'm in a bank called Motorhead and we intend to deafen you for the rest of our lives until we drop dead doing it. So if you can't handle light, get the f*** out of the kitchen.
Metal Slicks Podcast brought to you by Creative Live. Uh, if you want to uh, learn how to record music, uh, check out our friends over at Creative Live. They've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists like Between the Bear to Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger Escape Plan. CreativeLive.com slash audio to learn more. Watch some free oh, previews. Uh, thank you very much uh, for supporting us. Saw right there, When the Sky Comes of Looking for You. That's uh, They got a new video for that one from the uh, Bad Magic CD from Motorhead on the Metal Six podcast as well. Right. I was reading an article, I, I think it was in uh, Rolling Stone, they were talking about the last days of uh, a Lemmy and how he'd gotten kind of depressed about the other drummer who just passed away uh, a few days ago. Who was that? Yeah, well, that, di- that dude died and apparently he got depressed about it, which I thought I was kind of surprised because it seemed like... I mean, Lemmy went through a bunch of musicians over the years. I mean, Motorhead was an ever-evolving lineup of dudes who got to hang out with Lemmy, you know? Phil Taylor, that's who it was. That's it, yeah. Yeah, filthy, yeah uh, it, the filthy animal. Filthy, that's it, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's sort of like, I'm surprised that he, he took it that hard, A, and then B, I was just kind of surprised that, yeah, it, 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 any, nobody else really mattered in Motorhead, ever, ever. Even from day one, nobody else mattered. Like, yeah. I remember the Ace of Spades video on Headbanger's Ball, you know, and, and there was, like, some guy playing guitar, and he barely got any TV time, and there's only three guys in the band, you know? But I think the, I I think for for him, it had to be different. I mean, as far as the people that were in it, you're part of the Motorhead family. You know, I, th- I think it's, I think he treated that completely differently from the inside out, as far as the way he acted in, inside that band. You know, I, I think all those people were always part of the Motorhead family. Then they, why didn't he keep some of the family members around? Well, because what are you going to have nine members of the band? Why would you? I mean, it wasn't like the music changed at any point over the years. It was the same thing. It wasn't like oh, I got to get a different drummer because this guy can't play four four time like the like I really need going forward. It's the same tempo. I'm assuming that people probably wanted to move on and play something different and be done with it for the time being. I mean, Phil Campbell and Mickey D, I mean, I think uh, Phil's been in there since 92, and Mickey's been in there since the 80s. So, I mean, we're talking about 20-plus 20, 20 years with both those guys. So, well, I'm surprised to hear that, yeah. You know, I mean, at least those dudes have been in there for 20, 20 to 30 years. The The rest of them have kind of come and go, probably as uh, probably either as needed or, as, you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't think it was any bad blood between, like, Wurzel or Filthy Animal or uh, any of the guys that have been in there. I think it's oh, all okay. just been kind of moving on. But I still feel bad for these two guys left behind. They should be allowed to take that Motorhead brand and run with it. Well, I'm, it's probably not that they can't. I think that that I think that's probably advisable. I think that's a, I think that's not a bad thing. I, I think that's probably the right decision for them to make personally. Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't think of like anybody who can sing like Lemmy, but I don't. I, at the same time, I don't think it's particularly challenging. No, no, and and neither bass playing either, you know. But but at the yeah. same time, though, I think the uh, there are very few metal and rock and roll icons, uh, and he is one uh, for sure. Like like flat out, just a, just a straight icon. You you can't. He is synonymous with Motorhead, and I don't think you can separate that. If I'm if I'm Motorhead's manager, right about now, I'm putting together a slideshow that would happen like during the concert, and you know, make the whole thing just like Gore did, just like Death to All do, a tribute to their fallen leader, you know, and that that that's sellable. That's something I'll go see, you know. Oh, and I'm not saying that won't happen. I I, I don't I I'm, I. I definitely think something like that will happen, at least a one-off for sure. Uh, and you never know. There might be a tour somehow attached to it at some point. But, uh, but you know, that's it's way too soon to even be thinking about that, I think. Oh, no. Everybody's been, if, if he hadn't been ill for, like, the last three years, then, okay, yeah, it might be too soon to talk about it. But we've had three years to sort of figure out the next step, you know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, okay, what, I, what, what I we'll end up seeing is if they do the motorboat again. If they do the motorboat again coming up uh, in September, I think that's probably where we'll see something uh, something happen. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah, that, I noticed that on the website they didn't have anything that looked like they were announcing dates or anything like that. But then again, it didn't look like they were planning on announcing dates or anything like that even before uh, Lemmy's passing. So maybe that was just sort of – that that ship had <laughs> had sailed. <laughs> 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 
Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. But, all right, so with this Amir guy, all right, all right, so Frankie Palmieri is left behind by all of the rest of the band. Sort of similar story. He's like the Lemmy of Amir, right? So, like, uh, uh, <laughs> the rest of the band get to do, go off and do something else. Shouldn't they be able to call it Amir? And Frankie's got to start over from doing something else and call it something else, Frankie? Uh, is Frankie the only... Mem- member that's left of the band i mean he's the only member left of the band right now because everybody else split uh, yeah and probably if you quit you're leaving behind the everything the rights yeah but were, was he the original member of the band like the only one was he the only one left yeah, i don't know but is he a cult of personality where you hear the word amir and you think of him i sort of think so yeah, I think so too. Yeah, in a lot of ways. So I mean, it, but but at the same time, I think people would say the same thing about like Queensrÿche as well, you know, yeah, for, or a band like point. that to where to where you have. I think Jeff Tate when I think Queensrÿche, you know, no matter what. Yeah. So it's like, well, how does that, that stop Jeff Tate from punching you in the mouth? But <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, so how do you continue on without like your namesake, or if you are the namesake, then continuing on without everybody else is that is that the right thing to do i mean at this point you know somebody like frankie palmieri who's got like a a shit reputation in the world uh i and his entire band leaves at the same time i think there might be a reason to go you need to rethink your life a little bit there dude and maybe (laughs) maybe start over you know figure it out from scratch yeah yeah that's that's good as i said before we started recording when the rest of the album record the rest of the band records an album they should call it hint you know because that's uh that's what frankie should get i mean who knows what's going on behind the scenes but it's not a good sign i know from my own history like when i was with a band it got to the point where i sat at one table and the rest of the band sat at the other and i I think you know it was difficult for me to see at the time but i can certainly see now that you know everybody hated my guts and uh there was reason for that you know what are you gonna do (laughs) now you know you just got to kind of look at that and go okay yeah yeah this is uh this is a pretty good sign that i'm not a good band member i'm not a good person to work with at what point do you decide that you know when you look at uh what's his name what's a dude's name from um from the faceless, I can't think of his fucking name. Um, my uh, Michael Keane, yeah, Mike Keane. Yeah. When Mike Keane, you know, fires everybody in the band, or everybody leaves him behind, he's the only one left, and he picks up, you know, just picks up a random smattering of awesome musicians to throw in the band and make it happen. You know, is that the same thing? I mean, you could say the same thing about Shouldiner, right? You know, as yep. far as the people that have come and go throughout death, or you could say the same thing about um, soil work, or chimera you know because they're one or two that have left at any given time but this is different when all four of your five members of the band leave at the exact same time that sort of says you're the asshole more than anything else you know like yeah i can see what happened with the guys from megadeth was it uh uh broderick and drover left at the same time yeah but that by the sounds of when we spoke to him it sounded like it was more like a somewhat coincidental thing one said hey i'm thinking of doing this the other one goes yeah that sounds like a pretty good idea they both bailed you know but well but they also uh, they they also kind of alluded to the fact that they just weren't being they they didn't feel like they were doing things musically that they wanted to do and now that's different when you're unable to be creative in the way that you want to be creative yeah you got to get out of that situation I think everybody just, uh, you know, in the mirror decided to say, fuck you, Frankie, we're done. Uh, who yeah. knows? I, I'm interested to hear what the rest of the band actually will have to say about it, because that seemed like a, uh, <laughs> just a what? All right. Well, I, I'm interested peace. to hear what they're willing to say about it when the mics are turned off, because God knows you can't get anybody to say anything. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Maybe about, about it seems like nobody has a problem saying anything about Frankie Palmieri. So, yeah. uh, but or if, well, you, or like, if you're like the Queensryche guys, those dudes just like fight that shit out in public. You know what I'm saying? It's like totally. Damn, dude. All right. That's awesome. That is kind of yeah, awesome. That's the, for us. That anyway. is the best way to do it. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Because because a here I'm listing letters again. No, it's the best way to do it because the, the best part about it is that you're paying attention. I'm paying attention to Queensrÿche. I'm paying 
attention to Jeff Tate's Operation Mindcrime or whatever he's calling it. Yeah. You know, that's that that's interesting, you know, and uh, uh, that's how you keep people interested in what you do when you you put out that comment that like, well, we're not going to say anymore. All right. Well, you lost my interest. Yeah. You know, that that isn't right. If I'm Frankie Palmieri. What I'm doing and what I'm saying are two totally different things. What I'm doing is I am telling everybody, oh, no, what I'm saying is I'm telling everybody who's willing to listen how much of a, a how big a jerk offs everybody in this band was and how glad I'm, I am to be rid of them. And I can't wait to get these new guys up to snuff. And then what I'm doing is I'm going in and I'm getting therapy. You know, and figuring out what's wrong with me. <laughs> well, I think it was uh, one of the bass player, right, from Amir, Mark Davis. I think he did an interview and did say did say something. It was kind of a statement, but non statement sort of thing. One of those things that everybody else is doing. You know, you're like, uh, uh, it's like just just call him out, just call him out, please, somebody yeah. just just call him out. He, he said, uh, "What was he? Uh, let me see if I can find the quote here." Uh, we all expected to come back to a refreshed, productive, and positive work environment, but that was not the case following uh, Frankie's vocal cord injury that he had to heal or whatever. It's like, dude, uh, a refreshed, productive, and positive work environment? <laughs> is, is this a fucking office cubicle? What the fuck are we talking about here? Oh, my God. I mean, that, that just seems so... It's it's well rehearsed and it's very it's very politically like on the level. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a good answer, but not answer. You know, like at the same time, it, you know. And it, and it's a bit of a dick move because here is you got a chance to let Frankie know what he needs to do to become a better person, and you will resist it. You know, you shouldn't. You should should take that opportunity to call him names so that he will then therefore turn out to be a better person at the end of it. That's what that's the way it should be done. Well, I mean, or or you can just take it away like like we said with Queensrake and nobody becomes a better person. Everybody's just like, fuck it, whatever. We're gonna do we're gonna <laughs> no, play the that's same not songs. True. What do you think Jeff Tate that's is a better person after all that? Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, but I'm saying that the guys in Queensryche are better, nicer and than they've ever been because they're trying to juxtapose themselves compared to their mm. former singer. Well, I'll bet you money hey, I mean, the, the, the Amir guys are going to be a much nicer, happier crew, too, you know, other oh, yeah. than Frankie. So yeah. It'll probably be the same way. But I mean, I don't know. I think I think in the end, it's it, it is sort of because we try to talk about, like, has there been a case where a band completely folded except for one member? And continued on and been successful. And we kind of named a few, you know, we we kind of named a couple that that still seem to move on. But like we said, it seemed like those other bands that have done that. It wasn't the entire band all at once deciding to, right. to jump ship. You know, it was, yeah, people have like dripped away yeah, over the time. But lost not a guitarist, like, you lost the rhythm section yeah. or whatever, just maybe two at a time. I think probably the faceless is the closest to it. I think they lost like three members all at once, if I remember correctly. But, but yeah, I, I, this is the first time where I would see if, if Amir can pull the if uh, Amir, I say Amir, if Frankie <laughs> Paul Mary's Amir can pull this off and do something with it. I would be very, very surprised. Can you imagine that conversation? How awesome that must have been to have the four of you as a united front go to Frankie and just go, look, either you could do X, Y, and Z, or we're out. And the and and can you imagine that? That'd be such a cool conversation. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that. That had to happen rather than the we all quit. Either that or it just happened on Facebook, like everything happens nowadays. Oh yeah. sorry, man. Yeah, you're probably right. We just texted him you and think, said it was over, so all right, cool. You, th- you think they're you think they're like that scared of him that they wouldn't like go to him and like, look, we love Dude, to make this work. How do we do what, this? Whatever, man. I mean nowadays people break break up with their freaking wives over text messages and shit, dude. Nobody nobody confronts anybody about anything anymore so i i kind of figure that most likely it was over a text message <laughs> or something You're like that you know right. what i mean i just don't yeah. think anybody's got anybody wants it anymore you know but i mean that's <laughs> i don't know because if you look at it i was just going back like going through their going through their history and they've had a few lineup changes here and there but it's been pretty solid since like 2009 so a good six years hmm. uh other than uh the drummer i think that her drummer is new uh was since 2014 maybe but I, I don't know man that's um you think he's the one who 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 put he's the poison pill like the he's drummer the one who turned the rest of the guys guys against guys guys <clears throat> you yeah. don't understand 
this dude's a prick. (laughs) (laughs) He's the Pied Piper. Like, come on, everybody. Because we're talking about like Mark Davis and uh, what's a Jesse that Jesse, I can't remember his last name. Um, But those two dudes, I think have been in since like the beginning or whatever. And, and yeah, like late peace. That says a lot. It really does. I'm looking forward to that interview. We got to get that one, you know, I want to probably have to wait until they want to put out a record or something, but we got to get that. Let's <laughs> see which which a mirror it is. Is it a mirror or Frankie Palmieri's a mirror? You know, like a, uh, that'll be the next question because we are talking about founding members of the band that have left. So yeah, they probably are leaving the name behind. They're pulling a a doc coil. <laughs> Not thinking about the bigger it. picture here. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what the what the answer to that. You know, if there's a good way or a bad way to do it. I always feel like if you're going to do it, dissolve it, and you're kind of on the other side of that fence as far as like uh, keeping the brand going, right? Yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, you might as well you can recreate within the brand but at least retain that old audience there you know and is it but is it worth just i mean is the name recognition alone worth it or is it totally because like for me i think it's better i actually think creating the controversy is better and ditching the name like if you can say formerly of blah 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 but you've got some good beef or something going on there in the background that gets uh, people's attention and focuses on it and makes you know headlines that that kind of thing could work for you but i mean i would much rather be queensrike's booking agent than jeff tate's mind crimes booking <laughs> for numerous reasons but i'll bet you they they get a bigger guarantee but i would i would also think that the guys from amur at this point with the reputation of the band would probably garner a little bit better better respect than than no they're th- pulling yeah. a wolven war man they got to start from scratch yeah but i think that's a, i think that works i don't think i, don't, I, I, don't, I think I, it's a good thing yeah i think it's a good thing it, and i think it's not good for their pocketbook well that may be true that that may be entirely true but yeah that's, <sighs> that's, I what, that's what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> i mean yeah if wolven war decided to call themselves as i lay dying and were you know out doing it then it would it'd be okay and they'd be making more money than they are now and they probably would not feel as artistically satisfied or whatnot but they also probably wouldn't be hungry mm-hmm. so you know what are you gonna do i'm looking S- for that album in 2016 that album's gonna blow s- people's like Heads off! Wolverine, man. <laughs> I, was wondering, I was wondering where you're going. This is going to blow. Wait, no, there should be more behind that. <laughs> what yeah, do you mean it's going to blow? Yeah. You like that band? Oh, no, I got I you. I, I understand what you're saying. All right, I let's, was listening to that album like over the break. You know, like Jaw oh, War. It's so good. Uh, you're one of those uh, one of those metal elite people. I tell you what, I was listening to that. I was listening to the Carnival, like all these albums from like 2013, 2014 that I'm waiting for the next album. Oh, like the second. That's uh, what I was spinning. I got you. I got you. I was uh, I was listening to um, show tunes, so that was uh, (laughs) I'm gonna cleanse the palate, man. You know, a couple weeks where the cleansing the palate it it always helps, man. But now it's all back. 2016, it's on. <laughs> so make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Search us. Uh, you can find us. Uh, Metal Sucks Podcast. That would be how you do it. You can also find us on Google Play. You can find us on Stitcher. All those places. You can find us on Instagram, Chuck and Godless. Search for us there. And also Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless or ChuckandGodless.com. If you want to support this podcast, we would appreciate it. We Thank you. definitely appreciate our early adopters. And we're working it's on a lot of good news cool. resolution. Yeah, we're, we're working on a lot, of, like, a lot of good stuff for 2016. So hopefully we'll uh, reap the benefits, you will, uh, in the new year. So that's uh, that's definitely something you want to get on. And, of course, you can find us on social media. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks on Twitter, Godless Speaks on Facebook as well. And you can also find us every single Monday at MetalSucks.net. Till next oh, week. What a year it's going to be. I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is the Metal Sucks Podcast. been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.